moving beyond diversity and inclusion to belonging. Diversity encompasses specific individual demographics and traits, whereas inclusion centers on how well we embrace, accept, and remove barriers to give everyone an equal chance at success. In today's workforce, many people desire more than diversity and inclusion. They are searching for belonging. According to a recent LinkedIn survey of 6,000 global professionals, it's indicated that the following actions lead to a culture of belonging, being recognized for accomplishments, having opportunities to express opinions freely, feeling that their contributions and meetings are valued. Yet why do some employers fall short by focusing on one or two aspects of diversity? True inclusion happens at the intersection of diversity and belonging. In the words of the late Kofi Annan, we may have different religions, different languages, different color skin, but we all belong to one human race. Welcome to the Diversity Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Audra Jenkins, joined by members of my Ron Side Equality, Diversity and Inclusion Already crew, Courtney Brazier Barrett and Norma Marquez. Today, we're speaking with Daphne Murphy, Vice President of Human Resource Management at Enterprise Holding, supporting Enterprise Wintercar, Enterprise Car Sales, Enterprise Fleet Management, Alamo Rent-A-Car, and National Car Rental in Atlanta. With 2,000 employees and 150 locations, she leads and supports the human resources, talent acquisition, and development departments. Daphne joined Enterprise in 1998 as a management trainee in Boston, has been with Enterprise for 21 years in various management roles, including 19 years in HR. Daphne attended Mount Holyoke College, where she earned a bachelor's in psychology and English literature. Additionally, she serves as a vice chair of the Cole Women United Cabinet. She's a proud mother of two children, Daxley, 18, and Liam, age 14. Welcome, Daphne. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. We're so excited to speak to you today and hear more about your journey, Daphne. Daphne, please tell us a little bit about what diversity inclusion means to you as a woman, a person of color, and an executive at Enterprise. Well, Audra, personally, I believe inclusion is about empowering people to be their best by respecting and appreciating what makes them different and special in terms of age, gender, ethnicity, religion, sexual orientation, education, and national origin. I consider diversity to be the metrics of inclusion, the tangible representation of these traits in an organization. I view diversity as a barometer of an inclusive environment. Bottom line, people that don't feel like they belong in an organization don't stay. So I work for a company that has allowed me to be myself while encouraging me and supporting my personal success. Oh my gosh, I love that. I so love that. I mean, I think that when you can be who you truly are in an organization and be successful, you know, that's a winning combination, definitely. For sure. I love that. We hear a lot about leaning in and getting a seat at the table. However, I think one area which is often overlooked is how we, you are respected and treated while at the table. What advice do you have for senior leaders to ensure that they are embracing and welcoming diverse employees? For one, we have to be intentional and share the rules of engagement with everyone at the table. Assumptions can be very dangerous and stifling for some. As leaders, we have to go out of our way to solicit feedback and ask great questions. Everyone has an opinion. And if there are people at the table that are not sharing, care enough to ask. As leaders, it is our responsibility to go out of our way to ensure that everyone understands that they matter. Also, we have to be deliberate and deliberately seek those that are different than us. Employees are always watching and will judge senior leaders based on who is sitting around the table. Diversity matters. Oh, I love that. You'll be judged by who's sitting at the table. But more importantly, 
are they engaged? Are they welcomed? Are they respected? And their opinions are valued. I mean, I think that's really right. a thing that we all you know, struggle with, I think, in leadership is making sure that everyone is at the table that feels like they belong there. That's a whole sense of belonging. As a senior leader myself, I think one of the things that, you know, the first thing I look for, is there anybody at the table who looks like me? Mm-hmm. Is there anybody at the table who understands what I have to go through in a corporate environment? I think that's important, too. Mm-hmm. Like, do you want to make sure that you have the right representation as, as well? Yeah, so, for sure. Awesome. All right. So Passing that, to Norma. Yeah. Good morning. Thank Good morning. Here. Daphne, you were born in Dominican Republic and came to the U.S. as a child. How... Well, did your parents prepare you for that transition? And did you feel that you belong? Talking about a seat at the table, right? When you first attended school yet? Let's see. Well, my parents were very clear about their goals and aspirations, right? They had conviction about working hard, taking advantage of all opportunities provided to realize what they thought was the American dream. That being said, though, I didn't speak English and felt awkward, but I never felt that I didn't deserve to be in this country, right? So whatever they did, That was my scope. I quickly figured out that I had to work harder than others around me. Success in school became the equalizer for me as I navigated through a foreign language and a completely different culture. And it's funny, you know, now looking back and really thinking about it and the process, I understand the level of confidence my parents had in me to figure it out because they couldn't help me. So one point to that you know, as a Latina professional now in your career and understand how important it is to share our culture, right, with others, what aspects of the Dominican culture do you share in the workplace? Okay, well, honestly, it's been a process. You know, I will say that Full disclosure, as a young professional, I thought I had to assimilate to be successful. I tried to make my Dominican small or invisible in the workplace. I simply didn't see anyone like me at the top, and that's clearly where I wanted to be. That was very clear from day one. So over time, I came across some wonderful people that celebrated what I call my slip-ups, right? I make up words, I think in Spanish, I, I say things that are all wacky and crazy. And as I got promoted and was encouraged to share my opinions, I realized that I was exhausted trying to be quiet. I'm Dominican, I'm loud, <laughs> it is who I am. And in an effort to manage that, I wasn't taking advantage of making it to the table. I had a choice to make and I chose to be myself and embrace all of me without apology. Always professional, of course, but something amazing happened. My thoughts and opinions were being heard and solicited at that point, right? So I was really stifling myself. And an example of the Dominican culture that I share in the workplace today is hugging. I'm a hugger. You know, yes, I have employee awareness and awareness of others. And I shake hands professionally. But those that know me know that I will greet them with a hug at all times. And that's important to me. It's part of my brand. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. And that is so key, especially when you're talking about, you know, feeling like you had to be quiet and making sure that we have an environment where you don't have to feel Mm -hmm. that way. So what do you think are the biggest barriers to creating a culture where all employees feel that they are valued and that they belong? You know, Courtney, I think it's lack of knowledge and information. We can't embrace and support things that we don't understand. And as leaders, we have to be perceptive. We have to go out of our way to learn how and why people are different. Only then can we encourage a culture of inclusion. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Now, switching gears a bit, as an HR executive, you are not only a champion for employees, but you're also a very valued consultant to your business leaders. So how do you balance the needs of the business while still creating an employee-centric culture? Well, first and foremost, the needs of the business is critical, right? However, in my role, it's just as critical to remember that we can't do business without our employees. Mm -hmm. Our employees need to feel that they matter and that they're essential to fulfill our business needs. So, you know, we nurture that culture by providing development and opportunities for growth while being transparent about the business needs and how the two connect. I love that. I love that. It's really important to get your employees engaged and to understand how they make a positive impact on the business and overall. So I think that's really, really great. And you talked about kind of developing your employees. So here at Ronstad, we actually revamped our diversity training and we called it our conscious inclusion training. And we all know that training alone does not shift behavior. It's not enough. So what are some tips that leaders can use every day to keep diversity and inclusion top of mind? Some quick tips, you know, have open conversations with employees. Don't be afraid to ask questions respectfully, of course. There has to be some sensitivity there. As I tell my kids, Google it, right? If you don't know, be informed. If you're not comfortable having a conversation, ask for help. There's plenty of people around that can champion and support that effort. And like I said earlier, assumptions can be very dangerous. Thank you so much, Daphne. I I love the wonderful insights, especially about finding your voice. That's so powerful. And especially as a woman, I think that, and a woman of color, I think that's something we you have to have as a voice because when you don't have a voice, you're your first advocate. And I, I really do, I do really do love that. Also, switching gears, you are the vice chair of the Cole Women United with the United Way of Greater Atlanta. Can you tell us why this role is important to you and how it impacts the community? For sure. You know, it took a village to raise me. I have always been so thankful for all the agencies and organizations and programs that help support me along the way. And giving back is a passion of mine. So as a member of the Cole Women United, I'm able to partner with like-minded women and leverage enterprises' commitment to philanthropy to give back to the community in a meaningful and impactful way. As leaders, we must pay it forward and reach back to those that need a hand. And, you know, being on the cabinet and in this role has really helped me do that. I love that. What are some of the things that the Cole Women, United Women do for the community specifically? Well, we spearhead, you know, different events, but it's really, it's all about leveraging spaces where we can evoke and support women that want to give back, whether it's through volunteerism or, you know, financially to really focus on, you know, and the focus here in Atlanta is child well-being. So, you know, everything that supports that, whether that's, you know, supporting families, getting more education access to jobs or, or health care, et cetera. But it's a very intentional focus that we have in sustaining the future of Atlanta, really starting with making sure that the children are well so they can continue to evolve and be great citizens of our community. I love that. I mean, there's so many struggles, I think, for children today, especially in, in schools with bullying and, you know, cyberbullying. I think that's phenomenal, you know, Kudos on that. Yeah, very rewarding. It's, yeah. it's so much fun. So we often, you know, one of the things that I think is, you know, when we talk about diversity, sometimes we talk about the mask we have to wear in workplaces. I mean, I think that's something, you know, you kind of touched on that a little bit earlier when you felt like you were minimizing your Dominican roots and backgrounds, you know, yes. to, to advance. How can leaders create safe spaces so that employees can be their authentic selves and unmask 
you know, in the workplace sure. in a safe way and respectful way, of course. Okay. Well, you know, I think that this is something that we're still figuring out, but I will say that I think that employee resource groups are a great start. Employees don't expect us to know everything, but they expect us to try. Yeah. Right. And the thought counts. So don't be afraid and solicit those that are more comfortable to help you create those spaces. Also, small modifications matter. Revisit dress codes, event invitations, etc. You want to be inclusive, as inclusive as possible. You know, and going back to my earlier statement, like no one asked me to wear a mask, but I thought that that was important, right? So we have to have more conversations with our employees to understand why there's that dynamic and how we can help them understand that we don't want them to feel like they they need that, right? So there's still lots and lots of dialogue needed in that space. It's so interesting you mentioned that because one of the things that one of the areas I think a lot of people wear a mask about is particularly the LGBTQ community mm-hmm. because, you know, they may not have pictures of their partners or their children on their desks for fear of, you know, fear of some kind of negative stigma around sure. that. I think that's a huge area that's impacted by that. You know, other areas I think with masks is people with disabilities, yeah, you know, that's, sure. not, that's not visible. You know, I think that's one area that we need to create spaces where it's okay. One of the things I'm really proud about at Ronstadt is we did our disability survey recently and we had a 300% increase because when we first did it, people were afraid to really disclose their disability, you know, in the survey. Yeah, there's so, so much stigma out there. It is. I mean, and, and, and employee, especially when applicants, you know, candidates right. are looking for jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, one area that a lot of companies are looking for is to improve their, you know, their diversity demographics, including disability inclusion. So I think that's one area I feel as though We've got to do a better job as leaders, as companies and businesses to make them feel that it's okay to be who you are and that and if that's part of who you are. Right. You know, your disability or your demographic or what your culture is, I mean, that is part of your who you are as a person. For sure. So I think that's really, really important. So thank you for that. So one last question, Daphne, of all your impressive career accomplishments, I know the title that you're proud of most as I am, is mom. So what aspect of your work self do you want your children to remember the most? Oh, personal. Let's see. Well, I want them to remember that I did everything with passion and conviction. You know, I've learned to love myself so I can love people back. And that's been really important to me and something that I've instilled in them. But I've made mistakes. I've succumbed to fear. I've second guessed myself. But most importantly is I've learned from each experience. I've picked myself up, shook myself off and kept it moving. I love that. Pick up and keep it going. (laughs) You know, I love what you said earlier about, you know, diversity and, and calendar invites. In my early, in my, you know, my career, when I first had children, I had young infants mm-hmm. and uh, twins at that. So one of the things that was challenging was people would have all these after work events. Mm-hmm. But if you have to make it to childcare and pick up children, it doesn't take into account you're not really being inclusive of working parents, right. whether it's, you know, men or women. So I think that being mindful and thoughtful, just a couple little tweaks, right. you know, maybe have something at lunch versus after hours right. so that everybody can be included and welcomed or early in the day. So, right. or across different time zones. I mean, I think that's one of the areas that, you know, as often we have a, what we call a Ronset Equality Diversity Inclusion Ready Chat, you know, every semi-annually here. Mm-hmm. And, and just to kind of get some real deep dive about 
what people want to see from a diversity perspective. What can we do better, the Ready Crew and our leadership team? And one of the things one of, uh, that came on our last Ready Chat was resources for single parents. Mm-hmm. You know, you wouldn't think that's a demographic, but that is a demographic group, right. you know, from a diversity perspective. So so that's awesome. For I sure. really appreciate that's that. Right. That's good work. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Well, Daphne, thank you so much. Thank you, Courtney and Norma from my Ready Crew for another phenomenal conversation. I want to give a big thank you to our listeners globally. We appreciate your support. We've got listeners across the globe. We've had, you know, latest, I think over 30 countries. Real diversity happen when everyone is actively engaged and working together for a positive change. Let's keep the conversation going. Please download more episodes of the Diversity Deep Dive podcast. Until next time, go out and make a positive difference in your organization or community. Thank you.